King Rock Podcast with your host, Billy Beans. What's up, everyone? This is the King Rock Podcast. Uh, we have a guest this week, uh, a.k.a. Diesel Dave. Dave Lake, how are you doing, man, from Diesel Boy? I am well. I'm sweating, uh, yeah. but, uh, you know. <laughs> it's it's been cool it all week. It's been cool all week, and then we picked the day that it was going to be like 100 to do the podcast. <laughs> Nobody in Seattle has air conditioning, so we just, you know, a few days a year, we just suffer through it. You really don't have any air conditioning? It rarely gets warm enough. Like once a year, twice a year, we get over like 90 degrees and then, yeah, we just suffer through it. That's not bad, man. I've been thinking of, I wanted to move so bad because it's just, the heat down here is just out of control. And we got to, you have to run the air constantly. We're constantly like 78 with the air conditioner and it's, I mean, we're paying like a million dollars a month. (laughs) I'd kill for 78 degrees in the house. My yeah. Friend. Well, it's, I'm in the garage, so it's it's a okay. little cooler there, but we do have an air conditioner, but it's like way over in the corner. But I mean, yeah, I'm in what, my yeah. I'm in my little outbuilding, my little office behind the house. So, yeah, not great circulation. out here. It's just been baking for the last few days. But oh, uh, dude. these are the things we do to promote new <laughs> records and get the word out. That's right. Suffer. Man. That's I will right. suffer for all you <laughs> listeners. That's right, everyone. It's suffering to come on this podcast. <laughs> All right, man. So, where have you been, dude? Where, where, what's, what's, what's been going on? And, you know, I, I assume you're asking about, you know, the the twenty year, the twenty year hiatus. hiatus and, yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I've been just you know living life. Uh, yeah, you know, got a. I sold out and got a real job, you know, got married, had kids, got divorced, you know, just, you know, being a sort of regular, boring, uh, doing life, you know, middle-aged dude. Yeah. I just turned 50 this year. So that, that was a big one. Okay. Um, and you know, for a lot of years, I think I, a lot of us were just done, you know, we yeah. felt like it had kind of run its course. We had kind of, you know, we'd kind of done it and, uh, you know, I mean, there was a lot, several things that kind of were happening towards the end, but you know, yeah. I don't know. It just felt like maybe things had run its course, and uh, for a lot of years, yeah, I didn't have interest in revisiting the band. And uh, um, but you know, over the years, uh, we all missed it, and you know, it's lovely that there's still a vocal minority of fans out there who were you know wanting to, us to get back together and do do stuff and. You know, the labels uh, out there willing to, you know, uh, put out our records. And so, uh, you know, I think the the thought was, well, you know, we're busy. We've, uh, you know, uh, most of us have families and other stuff going on. And mm-hmm. But, you know, we thought, well, if there's a way that we could figure out to, like, just sort of add this into our life without being a slave to it and just kind of do it part time and when we want to and, you know, sort of on our own terms, then then let's do that. And so, uh, you know, when we started talking about it more seriously, um, we, uh, we thought making a record was sort of the best, uh, path for sort of relaunching things. Mm-hmm. And we had tried, we had tried several years ago or a few times over the years to kind of make this record or some version of a, a comeback record. And, okay. um, and it was challenging. So I, towards the end of the band's run, I, I took a job at uh, a music.com, uh, in the Bay area and that while I was working there, I got bought by Microsoft and I relocated to Seattle. Uh, so yeah, I've been in Seattle for the last, you know, since uh, 2000, uh, so almost 25 years. Um, and, uh, so geographically it was difficult because I was the only one in Seattle. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I don't know, for whatever reason, we just we couldn't get it together to kind of finish the record. And then uh, over the pandemic, Greg, uh, the original bass player and I just mm-hmm. kind of started talking more about whether we could do it and whether it was viable and do we want to do it and how would we do it. And um, yeah, I, we both seemed motivated to want to do it. And I thought it would be uh, easiest if I uh, if I found other guys up here, our, our drummer, uh, you know, yeah. just wasn't interested in doing it. And, you yeah. know, not everybody from the original days was sort of in a place in their life or sort of wanting to do it. We're all still friends. It's all, it's all good, but, That's cool. uh, but, but yeah, everybody, you know, not everybody wanted to, wanted to do it. So, yeah. So, uh, so I found guys up here in Seattle and so there's three of the four of us live in Seattle and then okay. uh, Greg, Greg flies in for rehearsals and, uh, all that stuff or, you know, well, we're still kind of figuring that out. So okay. it's a little challenging, but, uh, but technology has helped, you know, yeah. we can demo on, uh, you know, send the demos around. Everybody can learn the songs without having to be in the same room initially. And that's pretty awesome. Record their stuff. And, uh, so anyway, that's, that's the long version <laughs> of where I've been in the last 20 years. I've got 15 year old, uh, identical twin boys. So, okay. uh, you know, I'm busy. They're learning to drive. It's, uh, insanity oh my gosh <laughs> two of them learning to drive at the same time that's crazy man it's nuts <laughs> do you have to get them separate cars or are they going to share the same car yeah they will not each be getting their own <laughs> car no sir they they'll i don't know they'll have to work it out oh uh, yeah unless they work yeah okay that's cool right on that's a, that's a them problem not a not a me problem <laughs> yeah, right on that's cool man so uh what is what do you do for music.com what is that well, uh, I, I know, I mean, this was, uh, by now, you know, this was, uh, yeah, 20, 20 years ago. They, yeah. they were, um, uh, it was a company called Mongo Music. And okay. uh, they were kind of doing what Spotify and all the other music services do now, except, yeah. um, you know, they were 20 years too, too early or, you know, yeah. at least 10 years too early. Uh, I was hired as a music expert and uh, I would listen to songs and I would uh, input uh, a sort of uh, complicated uh, angle of um, uh, data on a song. So I would like tap the tempo on the keyboard and is the oh, wow. you know singer male or female and what genre is it and what subgenre is it and what are the background vocals like and what is the singer's voice like and what's the you know what's the time signature and so yeah. we would match songs based uh, based on that data to other songs and you know now it can all be done via AI or whatever but uh, that's but crazy. back then you know the, us humans were doing it so it was uh, it was a, a weird fun wild yeah. kind of job you know and they would spend the money that they raised going to the record store and just buying like shitloads of CDs and ripping them and then we would just sit at our desks like listening to music but you'd have like they'd get like the entire metal blade catalog. And then for, you know, two or three days, it was just like live Lizzie Borden records, you know, nonstop, uh, or, or, you know, weird or, you know, new, new age, uh, stuff. Uh, but I got to listen to a lot of music. There was a lot of cool professional musicians there. That's cool. Uh, And then, uh, yeah. And then, uh, I worked at Microsoft for about 10 years working on, uh, various, uh, various projects there, music, movies, uh, TV content. Oh, that sounds really cool, man. So like you've still been around music. That's, that's pretty cool. I have. Yeah. Yeah. So have you, have you been like just itching to get back or is it like, has it slowly built up or were you just like, I mean, like obviously the pandemic, everyone was kind of like trying to get back, like trying to start things. Um, I like, there's a band fire sale. I don't know if you know who they are. Chris, Chris Swinney and uh, Matt, Matt Riddle from face to face got together. That's pretty, that was pretty cool band. And I think that's pretty cool that they use the technology also to like just yeah, get yeah. everything together because nobody's even close 
to each other in that band, you know? So like, yeah, that's pretty cool to hear that you guys are do, kind of doing the same thing. Uh, are, you guys, are you guys like using zoom or anything like that? Or. Yeah. I mean, we zoom to have band meetings, but yeah. you know, I I've heard that there's like latency issues. If, I mean, I don't know how we would do a proper practice, you know, yeah, over, yeah. over the internet. So, you know, uh, for the old, like we were just, we just came back from a European tour. And yeah. so for the learning, the catalog, um, you know, Greg already knows those songs and he can practice to the records and just sort of make sure he's up to speed. And, you know, the new guys had to learn them. Um, so for the older stuff, it's a little easier because there's yeah. a, you know, the, the live arrangements don't change all that much. There's like subtle things here and there, but that's easy enough to sort of solve when we get into the same room. Um, and then for the stuff on the record, uh, it can be a little more challenging because the demos aren't necessarily arranged properly. It's yeah. just sort of all the parts, but at least it's it's a, a good enough way to, um, you know, at least learn the parts and learn the songs. And so the three of us who are up here yeah. uh, w- would work on the arrangements and work on the stuff together. And then sometimes, we, you know, we would just make a recording on our phone, send it to Greg. So at least you have a version to kind of play along to. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I saw a couple of videos from you guys playing in Europe, and I mean, you guys sounded great, dude. Like, like you guys haven't Thanks. really missed a step. And I mean, I saw you guys way back in the day uh, in, at the showcase in Corona a couple of times. Love so, that place. Yeah. Oh man, it's a, such a bummer that it's gone. I think they're I even know. like it's just, knocking a, it down. I found a flyer. I found a flyer that I posted uh, on social media that I think was like the first time we ever played there, which was before we were signed. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know how he managed to get that gig, but, uh, you know, you rolled up and it was like in this sort of strip mall yeah. and you're like, what the hell is this place? And then you go in and it's, you know, like it was packed like yeah. every night with these awesome fans. That place was great. I missed that place. We had great shows there. Sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's such a bummer that it's gone. I think they're like knocking it down. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that was like a second home for most of us over here. I'm, I'm for, I'm the like Inland Empire. So like we, I mean, that was our shows every Friday, Saturday, even Thursday nights. Totally. So we were there all the time. I mean, I, I remember seeing you guys. I'm really excited to see you guys play there a couple times. I think that that flyer that you posted, you guys played with the Aquabats and like Guttermouth yeah. or something like that. Yeah, something like that. I'm pretty yeah, sure Aquabats, I was there at that. Oh, White Caps. I think. Oh, the White Caps. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The Upland band, dude. That, that's I'm actually from Upland. They, they used to play all the time over there, man. <laughs> We played there on our tour with Strung Out, and we probably yeah. played there four or five times. But yeah, it was always, I was always awesome. Met yeah. Bob Becker from Fearless there. I think at that first show, oh, I started wow. a relationship with him, and then yeah. he ended up putting one of our songs on that Punk Bites comp. Sort of. That's that the best connection. one, Lime Green, right? Yeah, yeah. That and that started off with one of the coolest, like, well, just funny, like, um, prank calls, which they. Uh, if the kids are out there, we used to do this thing. I don't remember. How, what did call. it start? It, the whole the whole compilation started with a, a prank call? Yeah, it started with a prank call. You guys were the first song. And it was, I didn't know if it was like attached. I didn't know if it was you guys who put that out. I've always wondered that. If God, it was, was it? I, it's been so long. I, now I have no idea. Because that was yeah. I, that was not the, the version that appears on that, I think. Is it's not different. The version. Yeah, yeah. The, I think that was from our demo. That we ended up making the, the so some of that became uh, the strap on seven inch for fat. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. And then I guess that song ended up on that comp. But it's been so long that yeah. I, I don't know. I'll have to go. Maybe it was. It goes. We, we did listen yeah. to a lot of crank calls in the van and stuff back then, so it's <laughs> yeah. possible. I don't remember. The jerky boys. That was like the best thing back yeah, then. Yeah, totally. No, yeah, absolutely. You, it, it started off with the like you hear the phone ring, and then a lady picks up and she says, "How may I help you?" Um, and then you say like, Oh, I'm applying for the something. And then, or she goes, what, in what position are you applying for? And doggy, doggy style? style. Yeah. Yeah. 
familiar. And then she asked like three times, like, what? <laughs> Doggy still style? Still makes me laugh. Yeah, same here. Laugh, but I, I'm 50. Yeah. yeah. I just listened to it like so, probably like 10 minutes so ago. stupid. <laughs> oh, man, I was so cracking stupid. up. Well, so was that That's you funny. guys or was that from the... I don't know. Okay. I don't, honestly, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> That's cool. I remember Zoinks had one, too. Uh, do you remember that band Zoinks? From, they were on Doctor Strange? From Reno. Yeah, from Reno. That's right. Uh, they're actually doing like a, uh, they're playing a reunion show coming up in like October. Nice. For Doctor Strange. That'd, that'd yeah. That'd be awesome. Oh, that's yeah. another one of my favorite bands. And I feel like you guys and them, you guys were like kind of like the underdogs, like the like the band that like, because you guys were from away, you know, like we, we had all these Southern California bands, but it was like, you guys came from up north. And I remember ta- I had a conversation with you one night. I mean, I was like 16, 17 years old. And I was like, where are you guys from? And I think you said, you know, up north. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so far away. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. We were from the like North Bay Area, the wine yeah. country. So even like in Bay Area terms, uh, it's, it, you know, it's like an hour north of San Francisco, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I remember I had a conversation. You sold me the, a Cockrock shirt. I was trying okay. to find it because I was going to say, I remember you saying like, oh, if it doesn't fit you know, like you could take it back some, or like if you next, next show comes around, you know, just give oh, that it back. was nice of us. Oh yeah. I was going to say like, if I have it now and I'm like gained like 200 pounds. So I was going to say, <laughs> Hey, it doesn't fit anymore, man. Can I get a refund or something? <laughs> but no. Yeah. I think the, uh, I think, I think the return period has expired. Okay. On, okay. On the shirts. I'm sorry. Oh man. I was, I really wish I could have found it too. That was one of my favorite shirts. Cause it, it just, it used to piss everyone off, man. <laughs> you go to high school with that. it. And it'll just yeah yeah we have we we're making them again if you epic merch store uh, okay we've got to deal with epic merch store and uh, yeah they one of the designs they wanted was that cock rock uh, it's a good cover, one so we we still have that yeah yeah I had it, we have it again I had it in that olive green or mountain green color it was yeah yeah was awesome. I remember that shirt yeah 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 I think I had like two two shirts that weren't white or black. And it was that one was green, and I had a gutter mouse shirt that was like bright ass orange. <laughs> Man, I wish I had all the. We had so many shirts over yeah. the years, and I re, I'm regretful that I didn't keep a copy of all of them because some of them were great. Or I see them show up on eBay, and people are selling them for like crazy money. And I'm like, I wish I had a copy of all the shirts, but I just didn't yeah. think to keep them back then. Oh, you guys have amazing. All your our, like album covers are fucking amazing. Thanks. I don't know if you guys got them done from the same people. It seems like the at least the second and the third one might have been done from the same. Um, well, the Venus Envy is like a Botticelli painting, so mm-hmm. I I forget who put that together. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the same person did the first one and the fourth one. Um, okay. We had a guy called Brian Clark did the painting for the Sofa King Cool album, which I a few years ago bought back from him. Uh, so oh, wow. I've got it hanging in, hanging in the house now, which is nice. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Paid yeah. for it twice. <laughs> oh shit. Damn. Well, I mean, we paid for, you know, we paid yeah. for it uh, for him to paint it originally, but we did, you know, didn't belong to us. So yeah, when yeah. he was getting rid of some stuff, I was like, I, it's going to pain me if somebody else buys this and it's not me. Oh, so I should fuck. have it. So, sorry about it. so yeah. So you guys took 20 years, man, off and, some of the other notable bands that have taken 20 years off are the Eagles, Psychedelic <laughs> Furs, Black Flag, Funkadelic, The Who, The Cars, Pixies, Marvin Gaye, Pink Floyd, and Devo. So you're in good company. I, mean, I would say, yeah, I mean, I, we fit right in there perfectly. <laughs> I mean, Black Flag, that's pretty fucking close. There you go. Now, you guys, yeah, I, um, I've always admired the, the wittiness of the songs, but then you also have like that like a lot of unrequited love 
songs. Like it just reminds you of the 80s movies kind of thing. And um, but it seems like um, you have a you have a love for metal music. I think we might even talked about that back in the day. And uh, you guys, you guys even did a cover of Motley Crue's uh, Looks That Kill. On, yeah, uh, that's, that's not my favorite. No? Not my favorite thing we've ever recorded. Yeah. Uh, Motley Crue, I mean, you know, there was, at the time, uh, they asked to do that. Like, all the good songs had been taken. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Because there are definitely some metal songs that uh, I think we could have done better than uh, Looks the Kill. But, yeah, I was a teenage metalhead. Yeah. Grew up, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles. And all that stuff was happening on the Sunset Strip. It was, like, the epicenter of, you know, 80s oh, metal. Yeah. We had a... a, a Hard rock station KNAC that played all metal all the time. Ninety five point five, dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, Judas Priest, Iron yeah. Maiden, you know, to the hair metal stuff, you know, Bon Jovi, Motley Crue, Cinderella, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, which uh, we, which I tried to capture in the song Cock Rock, which is yeah. uh, not on the album Cock Rock. It's on yeah. the next album, <laughs> Venus MD, but, the first song uh, on the next one, right? Yeah, and yeah. I think that was kind of the, you know, in a way that song became a little bit of a template. Like there are definitely other songs in the catalog where, you know, it's like a laundry list of stuff that I like or that we're talking about. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, for sure grew up on all that. I, you know, every once in a while still on my, uh, on satellite radio, I'll still throw on the, the hair metal station or whatever and just sort of <laughs> relive my youth. That's cool. That's really cool, man. What was uh, somebody like, what was like one of your favorites? Like, did you have like a favorite that? Like Metallica? Look, for sure, Metallica. Yeah. Motley Crue I got into first. So somebody brought okay. Shout at the Devil uh, cassette, I think, uh, into, I don't know, fifth grade class or something. And I remember looking at it and being confused about whether they were men <laughs> or women, but I just liked it yeah. somehow. I was like, yeah. I'm not sure what this is, but I like it. All the leather and the fire. And I was yeah. like, this is cool. Uh, yeah. Like like Beavis and Butthead, this is cool. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, yeah, and from there, you know, I think uh, that that same person turned me onto that radio station, and uh, yeah. I definitely gravitated more towards, I guess, like the poppier stuff. But uh, you know, I uh, it was probably maybe right around the time Master of Puppets was released, and so I mean, I was super into Master of Puppets. I mean, yeah. what a fucking record! Still That's a good one. Uh, and um, and you know, Judas Priest. Uh, yeah, Maiden. I was a big Maiden fan. Yeah. Um, all that stuff. I mean, I loved it all. There, there wasn't much that, you know, I, I wasn't the most discerning, uh, you know, fan. I just, I ate it all up. Just loved it. You know? Yeah. And yeah. did that lead into like into it. punk rock? Not directly. I didn't yeah. get into punk rock till like my freshman year of college. So okay. I had a, had a roommate, uh, my freshman year of college who was also named Dave, which was annoying. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and he turned me on to Bad Religion Against the Grain uh, and Green Day Dookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he put on Bad Religion and I was just like, whoa. I was like, yeah. oh, it's so fast, but had so much melody. And I was just like hooked instantly. Yeah. And so combination of that and Green Day, you know, were still like a local band at that point. So they played all the time. They were accessible. Yeah. Uh, but the songs were just so catchy and great. Uh, that, that spoke to me, too. Um, and then I was the uh, music director of my college radio station. Okay. So just through being a DJ and through music director, you know, I really got connected to that world and, and that scene. Did you have like a DJ actually, name or anything? Led, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that uh, actually led me to doing internships. 
I was a communications major, but okay. since I was, you know, a music director at the radio station, I sort of knew some people at some of the labels. And so one summer I interned at uh, Epitaph Records because uh, oh, I grew sick. up in LA. So when I was home for the summer, I interned there. And then that eventually uh, worked at FAT as well. Like oh, in wow. The, in the early days. And I remember when I called down there for the first time, uh, Aaron, uh, Fat Mike's wife at the yeah. time, uh, maybe, maybe they were still married. I don't know if they were married or divorced then, but she was like, oh, well, we, we've never had an intern before, but, you know, I'm sure we can figure it out. I was like, okay, cool. So yeah, yeah. I, I did a, you know, my, uh, uh, I learned less from college uh, from the classes than I did just all the, you know, extracurricular stuff, working at the radio station, doing yeah. those, you know, working in the, in the business and whatnot. That's cool. Did you meet anyone like from Epitaph or, or fat that you're still friends with now or like still like, like you met like band at the, members? At the time when I was working at Epitaph, I worked for a guy named Jeff Abarta, who the song Jeff Wears Birkenstocks by <laughs> No Effects is about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, that song didn't exist yet. Uh, no, I mean, you know, I were friends on you know social media or whatever, but yeah. nobody that I still talk to. And then, uh, and then back when I was at Fat, um, uh, it, I worked alongside Chris Shiflett, who's oh, now yeah. a Foo Fighter and who, uh, you know, uh, asked shortly after that sort of joined, joined no use and, uh, um, you know, same deal. I mean, yeah. we're, you know, I mean, we're not like close friends, but certainly, you know, uh, fr- friendly ish. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. I know Scott, I yeah. know Scott pretty well. Like yeah. we, we talk here and there. So cool. Yeah. I was, I was supposed to have him on like, love Chris. Chris yeah. is great. Yeah. I haven't met Chris yet, but Scott did like, and those those guys are such amazing musicians, dude. Like it's, I don't know if you've ever seen Scott's like channel on Instagram where he's like just shredding on bass yeah. or guitar or whatever. It's it's insane, dude. I'm like, I think the other brother. <laughs> I feel like like Scott might might have one up on Chris, but <laughs> yeah. Well, probably they have that sort of healthy healthy sibling rivalry or whatever. Yeah, sort of push them both to be uh, you know yeah. good musicians. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool to see. Um, I'm not like, I wasn't never a huge fan of like the Foo Fighters, but when they did like, when they got inducted to the hall of fame, uh, it was cool to see them like kind of give shout outs to like all the punk rock roots and all that stuff. Totally. And really there's, there's no, there are very few rock bands at that level. Like, you know, Oh yeah. If you had to pick a band that was going to play stadiums, you know, like that's the one you'd want to be in. Yeah. I'll seem like cool dudes too. I mean, totally. I mean, they got Pat Smear in that band. Pat you know, Smear punk, seems like you know? a sweet guy. Dave's a punk. Yeah. And now they got Josh Freeze on drums, like the greatest drummer of all time. So it's like, yeah. that's insane, dude. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. Um, so you, you, okay. Anytime I hear Survival of the Fattest, I think Survival of the Fattest might be the greatest punk comp or any compilation of all time. And you guys are, okay. you guys are sitting there sixth. Right behind Lagwagon and right in between uh, Good Riddance, and it's like, yeah. Anytime I hear Twitty Titty Twister, I immediately sing right after the Good Riddance song. Like it's it's stuck yeah, in my yeah. brain, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's it's crazy too because Titty Twister on the on Cock Rock is the True Drew is right after that, and that's also one of my favorite songs. But I can't like, I mean, Survival the Fattest was just like that was that was in the car. You know, like and every one of my friends cars, like we all had it. And it was just like anytime your song came on, it was like the drinking song. I can't I can't tell you how many times I've gotten drunk from that song, just from that track, from that compilation. Like I can't tell you how many good times have been had from hearing your song. Like as soon as that comes on, it was like the party song, dude. 
Well, thank you. Yeah. yeah I mean, oh, thank that, you. <laughs> uh, man, that, uh, that compilation, yeah. you know, uh, put us on the map really. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's still, you know, by a country mile, our most popular song. And, um, uh, uh yeah, like as close to a, a hit as you can have in punk rock. Those, I mean, they yeah. gave those comp- they must've made hundreds of thousands of those and, you know, yeah. either sold them or, for a couple of bucks or gave them away. Everyone had that thing. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, to this day, I mean, if you go to any, any of those band shows that are mm-hmm. still playing, yeah. the song that's yeah. on that comp is like last or second to last or yeah. you know, sort of right in the back. So, you know, all of those, uh, all those songs for sure. I mean, that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, those things were, uh, I mean, I guess that's what it was designed to do, but yeah. that is how people heard about new bands and, yeah. you know, there, there wasn't Spotify, there wasn't other ways. So what a great way you could hear all the bands on the label and, you know, almost all of them got popular from those, you know, yeah. compilations. I, 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 we, I had every compilation and it's crazy when I met my wife, she had every compilation. So it was like, it was like, it worked out great. And then the crazy shit is one night we went to go see the show in Pasadena and there's this band that uh, El Jefe and his wife uh, own the Cybertracks um, record label. And they had a band on yeah. there and they were playing the show and they played that whole CD compilation straight wow. through. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. It was like the cool. I mean, Good idea. yeah, I mean, uh, that's how awesome that compilation was. And I, I want to say that you guys probably have the best track on there. You to say, thank I you. mean, honestly, like that one. I mean, there's so many good tracks on there. I mean, me first covers the uh, I mean, dude, there's a couple good covers on there. There's um, country, <laughs> country roads, and there's also right. um, California dreaming is on there. But I mean, I our song is so dumb, but I think that's what people <laughs> like about it. It was meant to be dumb, you know. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, that was, I mean, that's what we wanted to capture that just sort of like I'm wasted and yeah. you know, uh you know, embarrassing myself at a party and, yeah. uh, making an ass of myself. Well, that's you guys always threw wit in with good, like the writing was good. It wasn't like cheesy, like in that. And I could say that about like almost all the songs you guys write. It's like, you guys write on that border of like, there's no cheesiness and it's like all heart and it's like witty and funny, but it's also serious. And it's like a good time and just like lighthearted shit. So it's like, sometimes I'm gonna listen to propaganda, you know? And then sometimes yeah, I yeah. need a fucking break and I'm like, Oh, thank goodness. There's diesel boy and like yeah. other bands thank like you. diesel boy. Oh yeah, man. I, you guys in Zoinks too. Like I said, like very similar to me kind of have that wit, have that heart. Um, yeah. And dude, I got to say this new album is fucking amazing, dude. <laughs> like, thank you. I've, and like at first I was like, Oh yeah, I mean, I'll, you know, throw it on. I can't, I'm so stoked that you guys are back. Hopefully it's yeah. going to be, you know, even half as good as one, like some of the other albums. I, it's the best. I think it's the best album that you guys have put out. And thanks. And yeah. I, I've been, yeah. I've been so, you know, I mean, it's so nice. I'm so glad that people like it. And yeah. like, we keep getting the, we keep reading these great reviews. And I'm like, this is weird. We never got good <laughs> reviews. Why, why all of a sudden are we getting good reviews? This is yeah. odd. Uh, well, the scene is a but, lot different, uh, man. The scene is a lot different. I don't know if you have used, I know you've been around music a lot, but have you been around like the punk scenes like since or like stayed away? I mean, you know, I don't go to a ton of shows. Yeah. You know, I got kids and I'm old and I, you know, played so many shows in my life. But if friends come to town, for sure, I'll go to shows or, you know, every once in a while I get out of the house and 
and go to shows. We, you know, we played a few, we played a couple of warm up shows here before we went to Europe and yeah, we just yeah. did like 10 shows in Europe. Um, yeah, totally. The scene is different. And, you know, I think our whole idea was to try and make a record that, uh, that our fans would like, or there was enough stuff that they could hold on to, but also mm-hmm. to try and, you know, step out. We didn't, you know, just step outside of, you know, maybe what we'd done before and try yeah. and sound a little more grown up or a little more something, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's a fine, fine line uh, between wanting to sort of like have it sound like a diesel boy record and not yeah. go too far afield. So I'm glad that people, uh, thank you for that. I'm glad. You oh, yeah. It and, uh, and I, I'm glad, you know, people, people seem to dig it, which is, which is awesome. Yeah. It's great, man. I like, I really feel like you guys have, like you did, you hold on to that, the same sound, but it's like, you do try a couple new things. It seems like here and there, a little slow down a couple songs. I mean, you had a couple of slower, slower ones on the other albums, but, yeah. but you're right. Like when you say more of a grown up feel, I, I was trying to think, I was like, what is the word I'm looking for? And I was like, is it mature? And I was like, it's not mature. It's more like you said, like it's grown up, like you're still kind of like the same dudes, but like you're talking now more about like grown up, like life and stuff. It's not, yeah. it's not so as much as like mature as like, you know, you're, you're talking about like politics or, you know, <laughs> like or right. stocks and bonds and shit. Well, like <laughs> you had talked, you know, you said at the beginning, you know, that, the, you know, we had a lot of songs that were, you know, like, um, uh, romance gone bad or yeah. you know, heartbreak. And, you know, I, I've definitely found that as I've gotten older, not that there, there's a few songs that, you know, ride that line or yeah. they're sort of along that, that, that uh, theme on, on the new record. But, you know, for the most part, that, that was much harder for figuring out topics to write about and coming up with ideas as I've gotten mm-hmm. older. I'm just not in that same, you know, that same headspace. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, the things that interest me as a 50 year old are different than they did as a, you know, 25 year old. Yeah. Well, I think you, I mean, the way it's written, the album's written, I mean, it's so fucking good, dude. Every, I'm, it's, there's you. not like a fucking downer on any of the, you know, there's not like a skip track, none of that. There's no filler on it. Every track is gold. And it's like, dude, a dirty, Thanks. like the first, this first song, it's like a welcome back. Like, here we are, we're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, let's, Lost t- decade. yeah. yeah. I, I like how you said, uh, does anyone care or, you know, is it a reunion or, or you know, whatever. Uh, and you say like, it, we're going to call it a new it, dawn. It, 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 is it a reunion if no one yeah. cared we were gone or that yeah. we're back? Yeah. I, yeah. I love it, man. And it's, I, well, I mean, it was a, a legitimate question. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> sure. Know? And it, and it works out great too. Like, and the way you put it, like as the first track, I think that's like, Hey guys, we're back here. We are. And then you come out like right after that, Dirty Dishes. Like that song is right after Titty Twister for me, man. Probably even above it now. Like, but I mean, I've had so many good times. It's like the nostalgia with Titty Twister, but it's like, yeah, yeah. Dirty Dishes is incredible, dude. And like, you have, and just every song after that is just banger, 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 banger. Like, Finish Line is, I'm not really good with track names. So, like, I'm just going to have to, I didn't write them down or anything, but um, like, Finish Line is great. Viking Funeral. Viking Funeral Thank too. You. The the start of it, it sounds. Every time I hear it, I think I'm gonna hear that uh, Butthole Surfers song. It's got that. I don't know. There's a. I don't know the song. Oh, it's a. Uh, they had a famous one like something coming down the mountain. It's like. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Beck kind of did it, but that that intro. Yeah, yeah. The intro has that same sound. That like oh. It was supposed to be like a Viking yeah. war horn. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, and I'm like, I'm wondering if that's what the butthole surfers sound was because they were so like inventive with sounds and all that. So I was like, 
I bet you that's what it was. Downloaded a Viking Warhorn from the internet <laughs> yeah. and was like, you know, okay, the Matt Bayless who produced it, I was like, yeah, we want to have a, you know, we want to have a Viking Warhorn. All right, find one and send yeah. it to me. So yeah, that can, it was, yeah, it was, it was as simple as that. That's cool, man. That's that that track's really cool. Every time I hear it, I'm like, just waiting for that butthole surfer song, and then I'm like, oh shit, like that's cool, man. It's a little different for us too. It's a yeah. little darker, yeah, you know, kind of minor key, you uh-huh. know, uh, song. Yeah, it's it's a little darker. It's it's cool, man. And then, um, yeah, dude. Uh, and then you guys taught me some stuff too on this new one. That um, oh, fantastic. The Turk, the Turk is great, man. I, yeah. I had to look it up. I was like, what is this song about? Like uh, Ben Franklin and all this. And then I had to look it up and it's about a, like a robotic chess player. Right. Yeah. Except it was, it was, you know, way before robots, but yeah. basically there was this machine that uh, um, it looked like uh, the top half was like this kind of body and it looked like a uh, like human like, it looked like Zoltar. <laughs> Yes, yeah. it totally. It has these arms, and so there was a chessboard, yeah. and somebody would make a move, and then uh, the Turk, his hand would pick up a piece and move the piece. And basically this, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, this robot, like, beat all the world's best chess players, and nobody That's could cool. figure it. And they would open up the they would open up underneath and there would be all these like gears and oh, like shit. shiny things. And hidden behind that, behind a curtain, was like a dude with candles who could move the arms and see all the chess pieces. So like they have this amazing chess player hidden inside this cabinet. Oh uh, my God. That looked like, uh, but, but nobody knew that. So it blew people's minds. Yeah. Like this was, I forget what, maybe the 1700s or whatever blew people's minds. They were fascinated by this, you know, th- this, uh, thing that they thought was like the height of modern <laughs> technology, this robot that could beat the best chess players in the world. But turns out it was just a dude underneath, uh, you know, a chess board, you know, fooling people um, in the 17, like, dude, like, you're right. Like the last like player it played was Benjamin Franklin and, and it beat yeah. Benjamin Franklin. Like, yeah, that's yeah, a, Napoleon got such a cool and, like, story. Hit all the pieces off of the, <laughs> off of the board. Where did you, where did you hear about this? And where did you I don't like, remember? Learn about I must've been, I must've been watching something yeah. or reading something. And for whatever reason, you know, the, just the, the, uh, well, a, I like a good hoax. Yeah. Uh, same here. Uh, so, so that uh, that part appealed to me, but also that it was that it was seen as the kind of height of technology. You know, mm. we're sort of we straddle that line right now as, you know, AI comes in to replace yeah. people and, you know, technology is evolving so fast. And and part of what I liked about in reading probably some of the same stuff you did about the Turk was that, like, it fueled innovation, like people were inspired by it and yeah. they built like the power loom and telephones and all kinds of things were sort of built in the wake of people seeing this thing and wondering what else they could do. That's insane, dude. There has got to be a movie about this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So cool. But when we were, when we were in the studio, uh, Matt, uh, I forget which the other songs were, but he like, he, there were a few songs. He was like, Oh, that's one of your history lesson songs yeah. or whatever, which is, you know, basically true. But yeah, it's funny. Well, hopefully like people d- like dig deeper on that one. Cause like at first yeah. I just heard it and I just listened to it and just was singing along to it for, you know, I'm dude, I'm telling you, I've listened to this album probably like a good a hundred times at least. And I'm, I'm that's not even probably, I'm probably shooting that's under. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's so good, man. Well, I and love that. It, too. I love that it is. that it inspired you to go find out more about the, about the song. That's, that's awesome. Oh, I mean, yeah. After I was saying it, like after like five or six times, I'm like, who, wait, 
who is the Turk? And then my wife is a history major and she's a history teacher. So, you know, I was like, maybe I'll ask her. And then um, she wasn't home. So I just looked it up, you know, did the what what we all do is like grab our phone and check out, you know, what, what it was. And dude, sure enough, man, I was and I was like, after I'm scrolling through, like, it's not about this chess thing. It's not this thing. It's not this robot. And then I'm like, because I'm thinking it's like some historical figure, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then I lo- I was like blown away, man. And the story, that's one of the coolest stories I've ever heard. <laughs> it's so yeah, fucking cool. Yeah, I liked it too. I was yeah. fascinated with it too, yeah. That's really cool, man. And so, um, yeah, dude. Um, like I said, every track is just like, how long did it take you to write this? Because you guys got signed to Spam, S-B-A-M. I'm sure, pretty sure that's how you, spam. yeah, spam. spam. And, uh, yeah, we and, had to ask. And, yeah, in 2001, but the album didn't come out until this year. So, like, was did it take? We didn't get we didn't get signed as Bam in 2001. Okay. So we we signed to them when we ha- you know we were going to make the record. Okay. Um. So yeah, it it you know some of the some of these songs go back seven or eight years, maybe okay. even a little bit longer. You know, they go back to the first time we sort of we had we got as far as like we maybe wrote 10 songs the first time we tried to get this record uh uh, over the finish line and uh and some of the songs are from that first batch and then you know some of the rest were written you know right up until the pandemic or whatever so it sort of runs the gap you know it it was a a fairly wide span of time that the record was written in um one of the you know I, i guess the biggest challenge when we sat and set out to make the record was how do we get all these songs from this, you know, sort of wide span of time to kind of sound unified and sound mm. like a record. So I think yeah. that was, that was one of the hardest things about making the record. Oh, wow. And figuring did, out which ones yeah. and, um, and there's a few, there's a couple that we left off the record that we'll do as a seven inch. In oh, that's cool. Months. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It seems, it seems very cohesive too. Like it, and it just goes from track to track dude, and it's like, it's seamless dude it's i i'm really stoked on this album there's only one album that i've i would say that's even like only better than your this album this year and that's that the new co-defendants album it's fucking okay off the i don't know if you heard it yet but they're on fat too yeah and uh fuck man it's so good i'm like i'm like a hip-hop guy too like i like underground hip-hop a lot they and it's like I would say your album was would be better, but it's like if this if they're doing something new. So it's I mean I'm sure you don't want to hear all this shit too about like. What's oh, better, I know. But hey man, you it, know, it's you fucking great. It. Yeah, glad you like it. Where yeah, it's yeah. in your list, I don't give a shit. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, it. yeah. I'm I'm really hoping everyone. I've been telling everyone about it, dude. Like everyone's got to go check it out and um, fucking killer. You guys have any like more shows planned for like later this year or next year? We are, we're still, yeah, uh, yes, but nothing confirmed. You know, the idea yeah. is that we're going to do one kind of bigger trip a year. We just came back from Europe. So, you yeah. know, over the summer, we'll probably do one slightly longer thing. And then throughout the year, we will likely do weekend flyouts and festivals. So we'll do like Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, uh, and then come home. And so we're just kind of, we did Portland and Seattle to warm up for cool. our tour. And so we're just working on, uh, kind of our first set of dates uh you know in the next couple of months now yeah so in the next few weeks we will likely announce you know our our next set of dates it's it'll take us forever to get everywhere that we want to go because we're only going to do it a few times a year so 
you know, be patient. We, you know, yeah, for sure. may take us a while to get to your neck of the woods, yeah. but, um, you know, we'll, we'll get there eventually. That's cool, man. Is there now you guys have played for, I mean, you guys played from 95, 93 till like whatever. I mean, you guys are still playing, but is, is there any bands that you guys haven't played with that you've wa- always wanted to play with that are still playing? Hmm. Is there anything like that out there? I mean, you know, we've played with most of the, like, most of the punk bands mm. from our era we've played with at, at some point. Yeah. Um, you know, and sometimes it feels like, well, does a festival count if we're all playing at the same festival? Does yeah. That really count? yeah. I, I don't know. Um, That's a good question. I, Nothing I can, you know, I think the thing that would be cool for me would be something that was, um, you know, that added like sort of harken back to my childhood. Like if we opened for Metallica or Bobby Crew or, you know, did a gig with, you know, whatever metal band it was that, you know, I grew up on. I think that would feel especially meaningful. Whereas, you know, most of the punk bands feel like my peers, but there's something about those metal bands that I grew up on that's like, oh, that feels (laughs) different, even though it's not, but it just feels that way. Yeah, that'd be fucking cool, man. I could see you guys playing on like a like they have, they have all these like festivals now where they're playing they're like changing like have so many different yeah. genres like that's something that definitely wouldn't have happened back then like especially totally. uh, yeah these festivals yeah. didn't exist at all back then I mean they yeah. had the Warp Tour yeah um, but uh, but that was about it there weren't festivals really to play on like that certainly not yeah. punk specific festivals you know, we just came back from Europe and three of the shows were you know big punk festivals. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, just several days of nothing but punk bands and there's thousands of people there. It's awesome. Yeah. It's fucking good. Co- They'll bring their kids. <laughs> that is cool, man. Yeah. And you, I heard you on the Mike, Mike Herrera podcast and you were saying that your kids went to a show with you to go see who was it? Uh, uh, Bowling, for, bowling soup. for soup, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and maybe a real big fish or something. Yeah, and now and you and you said they haven't seen you play yet, or have they seen you play they in those warm up shows? They haven't. You know, when we yeah. were when we were here, I was like, "Do you guys want to go?" And they were like, "Eh, <laughs> not gonna force them to." <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. Know, Just one more responsibility I got to deal with. That's you know, true. Uh, uh, day of show, but um, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they're just. You know, I, I, I came back and I, you know, forced them to watch a few videos of us and they, they just don't care. Yeah. They really just don't, you know, I mean, That's I think crazy. they think it's cool on some level, but yeah. your dad is never cool no matter what their job is and yeah. no matter what they do. So they just don't, you know, they, you know, they'll tolerate me, you know, going into my bedroom with the acoustic guitar to practice something, you know, like they yeah. know that I'm doing music and, you know, that stuff is happening, but they really, they just don't care. They just don't. <laughs> That's so funny. I can just now, see. Now, if I were doing a show <laughs> yeah. with, uh, you know, I don't even know who, I, I don't even know who they listen to to say, but, you know, if yeah. I were doing some show with some rapper, that would probably blow their... Like Post Malone mind. or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's probably too lame for them, too. I like Post Malone. Uh, he's one of the few I sort of know, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it, you know, it's what everybody... They're, they just finished their freshman year of high school. All their friends, yeah. you know, that's what the kids listen to. It's all sort of like hip-hop. Dude, it'd be funny as hell to like you guys did a music video for that first track, and the the intro is you explaining to your kids, you know, oh, back in my day. <laughs> you know? Well, it's funny because one of the songs that's not on the record that will come out on the seven inch is called uh-huh. Punk Rock Minivan. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's it's not a true story, but you know, sort of a fantasy of a true story. But the in the song, I'm basically 
taking my kids in a minivan across the country, showing them the important punk rock places. I'm like, look, there's CBGBs and that's where <laughs> Sid stabbed Nancy and there's the discord house. And, you know, so it's a little bit, you know, yeah. I have a fantasy that, you know, my kids would care. And I've got, you know, you can't see them here cause they're on the other side of me. You see my CDs behind me, but I've got tons of records yeah. right here. You know, I'm an avid record collector and, you know, my kids could give two shits about any of that either. You know, I have this fantasy that they're going to be like, look at all these amazing records. But, you know, they don't know how to play a record. They just know how to press play on Spotify. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, it would be it would be really hilarious to see you like, yeah, now there's a song I wrote about this actress. Her name was Drew Barrymore. Oh <laughs> like, god. I don't know if you know who she is, but she I mean, was they, Yeah, they probably showed She was yeah. something else back then. Now she's like a she's like <laughs> Oprah now, but now, you know yeah. like Man, she that was like me, That song makes me blush a little. Really? I mean, it's just like, uh, it's like so uh, over the top. Uh, I get, know, yeah, I get that. I objectification. Get that. Yeah. It was nothing subtle yeah. or charming or, you know, like especially. Like, yeah. uh, I think if I was going to write a song in a similar vein, I, I, I would try and be, a, a, you know, uh, well, I was a young man. It's fine. Yeah, I'm not yeah, apologizing. Yeah. I'm just saying, it, you know, makes me. I get it. But. It, flash a little bit. Yeah, the, uh, it could be cringy. It could be cringy if you didn't, you know, like if I don't it's know, a little cringy. Cause, yeah, my wife totally loves that song, and she doesn't find anything, you know, like cringy about it or nothing. So it's like, Good. okay, okay, I, you know, that's cool. At the time, I, you know, at the time, I was like, oh, well, of course she'll be charmed by yeah, the song, yeah, you know, yeah. the, and you know, with the, you know. Uh, 25 years in the rear view, I'm just like, well, yeah, maybe she wasn't the most charming uh, message I could convey. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna open up with uh, how did it work out with Drew Barrymore, but <laughs> you know, there was a time when she was filming the Scream movie uh, in our town. Yeah, uh, and somehow somebody who worked at the hotel she was staying at was like, I think I know what room she's in, and I, oh you know, if you want. If you want me to like put a note under her door, I could do that. And I found the other day, I was looking through some old boxes and I found this letter that I had written her that was like, hey, we're a band and we have this song about you and we're, we just recorded it and the record's about to come out. And if we had your blessing, it would be so meaningful. And we're playing this weekend. We'll oh. put your name on the guest list. And I, th- I don't know whether we ever, you know, gave the note to this person to slip under her door. But there's another thing where like, talk about creepy, man. Like yeah. poor girl is just, you know, trying to film her movie and make her livelihood and some, you know, some band is stalking her and sticking notes under her hotel room. You know what though? Like Drew Barrymore was cool back then. She probably would have, she she probably would have thought it was cool. Like she married Tom green, dude. That guy was fucking whack, dude. (laughs) You know, like, no, I wrote, dude, I wrote Joan Osborne. Do you remember who Joan Osborne was? God was one of us. Yeah. Uh, She wrote this song called let's get naked. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I wrote her a whole letter. I was like 12 years old. Like, I want to marry you and blow. Oh, my God, man. If I uh, can you imagine Didn't she have a nose ring? Yeah. Can you imagine like a, a 30 year old woman finding like a letter from a 12 year old kid? Like, Well, that sounds cute. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. It was pretty creepy. Right back. No, no. I'm so glad to. Joan is dying for fan letters these days. I promise uh, you. Probably. I- I'm teasing. I have no idea what she's up to. <laughs> that's your next. That's on the next album. Sure, she dude. has a lovely one. career. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. But um, yeah, dude. Um, I really appreciate you coming on here, dude. We're almost at about an hour, and people just start droning out after that. And uh, I mean, I saw the Mike Herrera podcast, dude. <laughs> Mike, Mike, I love Mike, dude. I've seen like every one of his podcasts, 
Uh, I, lo- I love the guy. His ADHD, his and mine, I, I feel like so similar. Like he'll just go on a rant, dude, and you'll be like, what was the initial, yeah. what was the initial question? Uh, it was, but it was a really good interview. If anyone's watching this, go watch the interview with Mike. Uh, yeah, I love Mike. Yeah. Mike's great. Who's such a good dude. And, um, but I yeah. Funny, uh, I got a funny yeah. phone call one night uh, a few years ago, or a text, I think. And it was like a question about something. <laughs> Uh, I didn't have the number programmed into my phone. It just showed up as like, you know, whatever the, the number. And it was like, hey, just wanted to know about this thing, this thing. And there were like a bunch of bands mentioned uh-huh. that I knew or was friendly with. And I was like, who is this? I'm like, I think you have the wrong person, but I know these bands. And he's uh-huh. like, is this Dave Lake? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, hey, it's Mike Herrera. He's like, sorry, I was trying to message Dave, whatever. And like mine was, you know, like right next to, oh, you know, wow. he just like hit the wrong thing. And, you know, we had a laugh about, it. you know, he like basically <laughs> accidentally texted me, asked me a question about something else. And we had a, we had a laugh about it. So that's cool, man. Um, well, so where can everyone find um, all your stuff, dude? Like, I, I know I just bought, I just bought the new album off of uh, Chaos Merch, which is my homie from Ven- uh, the Venomous Pinks in Arizona. Yeah. But, um, so, uh, yeah, the record's out via Spam. Uh, there is, uh, I think it's uh, Spam, which is S-B-A-M dot rocks is mm-hmm. their website. Or maybe it's shop.spam.rocks. But there's a, there's a European store, a U.S. store, and a Canada store. So you can get uh, the LP or CD there. There's five different uh, LP variants. Um Collect them all. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. uh, streaming on all the streaming services. Uh We've got diesel-boy.com and, you know, there's links to our social media and, uh, you know, uh, our merch stuff and uh, uh, booking contact info. Anything you can want is on uh, dieselboy.com and, uh, yeah. Yeah, don't get them mixed up with the DJ. from No, the the DJ, annoyingly, the DJ is still (laughs) around. Is he really? Because I went to a rave back in the day. And we saw that Diesel Boy was on, and we're a bunch of punk rockers at a rave, and we were like, "What the fuck, Diesel Boy's here!" And then we were just know, people, sadly disappointed. Does, yeah, I mean, most people figure it out every once yeah. in a while, you know. Like, uh, I think in, in Spotify, like somehow, you know, our, there's a song, like the song sometimes the metadata gets fucked up. And, yeah, uh, there's like cross pollination. Uh, you know, when we started in ninety, whenever or when we got signed in ninety six. You know, we had a lawyer who did like a trademark search or whatever. And so we found him back then in 96 and we we had already toured a little and had released some stuff. And so we could have claimed ownership to the name uh, yeah. everywhere except his home, which was <laughs> Pennsylvania. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were like, hey, to avoid any confusion, you know, maybe you would consider adding a DJ in front of yours. You could be DJ Diesel Boy. Yeah. And his response was, well, why don't you add a punk rock in front of yours? Uh, uh, so uh, we, basically, we basically just, a, you know, we were both small potatoes at the mm-hmm. time, you know, and uh, neither of us were like, well, let's let's try and own it or sue the other one. We we're just like, ah, what are you going to do? So yeah. we just kind of agreed to disagree. There was a point at some point when I was working at Microsoft and uh, he had a new record out and I was in touch <laughs> with him or his publicist and was like, dude, we should do a Diesel Boy versus Diesel yeah. Boy record. And, you know, I don't know <laughs> if he actually considered it or whatever, but, uh, you know. And I don't really know what that would sound like, frankly, because yeah. uh, there, there's not a lot of overlap in uh, drum and bass and uh, pop punk. But you know, maybe yeah. someday. Yeah, man, that'd be that'd be that'd be the next thing. His is <laughs> his is one word. Ours is two words. And yeah, it occasionally creates confusion. But what are you gonna do? Oh, I, I can't even tell you how stoked we were just showing up to this rave and we we're 
thinking Diesel Boy was gonna play. And then it was like, oh, he goes on at three in the morning, and we're like, what the fuck? And we waited all night, man. We waited oh, all night. Man. We were disappointed, but we were on drugs, so it did not matter. <laughs> the good news is you were on ecstasy, and it didn't matter. <laughs> well, we thought we bought acid, but what we, we bought was oh. like ketamine or some shit. It, this was like back then when it was a new thing. It was not fun, man. It was not fun. <laughs> but I'm glad those days are fucking gone, dude. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, man, thank you so much for being on here, dude. And uh, we'll promote it well, as much as we can. And if you ever have anything else to promote or whatever, just let us know. If you have shows coming up, we'll promote the shit out of it. Whatever you got, man. Love it. Thanks for having me. I yeah. appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for remembering the band. Thanks for the nice words about the record and all that. I appreciate it. For sure. Dude, Cock Rock's one of my favorite albums of all time. Will always be. I, all the other Love albums it. are fucking great too, man. Don't get me wrong. But I, you know, like... Once you have that one nostalgic album, dude. Totally. I mean, we used to. That's the one. It, it's crazy to me still that I still sing that the Good Riddance song after when I know damn well it should be true. true How ready are you? Yeah, exactly. to die with an idea. Yeah, yeah. It, it, every time, dude. But <laughs> with them on the uh, on this last tour, and uh, yeah, we. I don't know why we didn't think. Oh, of that would have been either. sick, dude. If you if they would have <laughs> just came out right after that. Yeah. Well, yeah, you guys yeah. played with Urethane too, and I just uh, interviewed Steve. We did. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We hadn't played. We played with a couple of shows with them uh, on this last tour, and you know they're rad dudes, and yeah, uh, it's nice to have other old dudes to hang out with on tour. And Steve was a total sweetheart and uh, super nice you know, guy, cool man. band, yeah. super nice guys. Yeah, we had we had fun with Urethane. That, that'd be a, hang, that'd sure. be a great U.S. tour, dude. Urethane, Diesel totally. Boy, and Good Riddance, right there, dude. I mean. Absolutely. Sign me up. Especially a California run. I mean, you guys are off in California. Yeah. So, all right, man. Yeah. I appreciate it, dude. And you have a have yeah. a great day, man. And uh, keep yeah. keep Thanks us posted. So Seriously. Sounds good. All right, man. Have a good one. See ya. Recording stopped. Right on, man. That was Dave Lake from Diesel Boy, also known as Diesel Dave. Uh, man, I've been a huge fan. Um, since uh dude 93 95 seen them play a couple times at the showcase theater and it was such an incredible band i feel like never really got their due as much as other bands and they completely should have them and zoinks i'm telling you those two bands are fucking two of my favorites uh top top 10 bands for sure um Go check them out. Go check out the new album. I know I'm I'm really talking a lot of like blowing it up, dude, but it's really fucking good. Every song is good. Dirty Dishes is probably my favorite off that track, but Viking Funeral is really fucking great. Finish Line. It's really good, man, and I'm really glad they're back. I can't wait to see them play live. Um, hopefully, hopefully we get something soon. Um, I, I'll be super stoked to see them play. If you guys see them, around go go check them out go buy the new album uh go stream it do all that good shit buy some merch from them they're they're a fucking great band dude um you guys will not be disappointed everyone thanks for listening um another fucking fun episode we got more coming stay tuned for more information including upcoming events podcast episodes photos from past shows and much more please visit thekingrock.com. King Rock.
If you don't like the King Rock Podcast, go blank yourself. Please like, subscribe, and rate this podcast on whatever source you are listening to this on. Whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor FM, or others. It really helps out the podcast a lot. Thank you very much.